What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. We're left 30 to the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50, 40 to the 30-yard line. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go. And that 62-yard field goal attempt. It is Who can forget? Again, I'm looking again. Those up the middle. That's intercepted. The 40. Derek Brooks, 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. We call them the Salty Dogs. Welcome, everybody, to the very first episode of the Salty Dogs podcast. I am Scott Smith. And I am Jeff Ryan. And I guess we're the Salty Dogs. We are. And you have to wonder how that name came about. (laughs) I think it means old. Old sailors. No, Yes, it could mean that, but it also could be individuals who have been around and right. have experienced many things. On the Buccaneer ship, if you will. Of course, between I shall. Us, between us, I guess we have about 60 years of being on this ship. Easy. I, uh, I mean, there's overlap. Yeah. I officially started uh, looking at the, uh, the Buccaneers professionally one year before you did. So I'm not going to say how long that was. <laughs> but it adds up to about 60. Yes, it does. It's not... It's not end on end. It's not like consecutive no. con- concurrent sentences. Here. Well, I can, I, I, I mean, I'll, I, I can claim that uh, I did see a game in '76 in person. So that's, yeah, that's impressive. That's, you got uh, me there, yeah. young child. Well, you were at the famous 1979 game with the rain, Kansas City. Correct. So you Correct. even got some perspective yes. from well before I was here. Yes, but, but we've seen a lot. Yes. And that's the point. So what are we going to do on this podcast, Jeff? Well, that's just it. We're going to do a lot of different things. We're going to look at. Uh, <laughs> The current events of the week. Okay. Uh, we'll do kind of like flashbacks. And, of course, we want to talk to Buccaneer fans and their thoughts. And we'll have special guests, whether it'll be a current player, current coach, or we'll go back into the past of uh, okay. players that might be the Hall of Fame or in the Hall of Fame. We'll I think see. you're teasing a little bit who we're going to be talking to there. That's Wait, do we want to tell them? Sure, tell yeah, them. Yeah, uh, we have an, a fantastic guest that's going to be on with us in a little bit uh, for our very first Salty Dogs podcast, and that's Rondé Barber. Correct. Who's not in the Hall of Fame yet, but no. he, he better get there. Should be. Or we're going to be upset. Yes, no question. If they're going to use the lack of counting stats against John Lynch – and not let him in for that reason, right. then they better let Ronde Barber in because he's got amazing counting stats. And, and not being a bias of the Buccaneers. Well, we are biased. Like I know, but in this particular case, I think John Lynch should have made it last well, year. Well, yeah. I mean, but that's I'm a just whole... saying you can't have it both ways. No. So let's talk current Buccaneers yes. stuff first. Uh, the biggest news, of course, today is Vita Vea right. and what isn't hurt. That's the big news. Yeah, and it's great news. Yeah, it is it great is, news. It's actually great news. It's not, what was it, Achilles they were talking it's, about? Well, it's funny that, you know, you, you see a player get injured, you see them get taken in the training room, and then maybe, if you're lucky, by the next day the coach is telling you about it. And he either comes back with great news or, uh, or terrible news, um, and you don't necessarily, you think they probably knew this all along. Right. You don't realize sometimes for these guys there's some, there's some periods of worry there. And apparently when Vita got hurt, when he was describing how it felt to the trainer, it sounded to the trainer like what's, what people say when they tear their Achilles. Yes, which is very scary. Which can happen to anybody. And, of course, during training camp, you're very, very cautious. Yeah. You're not going to take a chance. Mm-hmm. You know. But the good news is it's not that. It's not. It's a calf strain. Uh, you'd be hard-pressed to get any sort of actual timetable out of coach or anybody right now. But right. why would they? 
Yeah. You know, but if it's something like two or three weeks, I think we can all count our blessings and he'll be fine. So you might miss one or two preseason games, but uh, I'm sure, like you said, they'll be very cautious with them. But, you know, you look at it, we've been pretty lucky so far. It's mm-hmm. only been a week, and let's knock on wood mm-hmm. here. But look at Carolina. They already lost their right tackle for for a pretty significant injury. I don't know if it's season-ending, Daryl Williams. Mm-hmm. And they had a cornerback they brought in this year, Ross Cockrell, broke his leg, and he's out for the year. Had surgery, so... It, this, it happens every year around the league, and you just hope it doesn't happen to you. And then you always have that argument, is it because they're too soft and they're not yeah, doing right. all of this stuff? So, but there has always been injuries. Yes, there's always been injuries, and uh, so far we've been lucky. Uh, same thing with Leonard Wester. You know, he got one of those scary injuries where there's a pileup and you get your leg rolled up. Correct. That can be, you know, that can be end, ending your season with a knee. And it could happen at any time. Yeah, and I guess he's okay. Yeah. So he might miss a little while, too. Uh, Vernon Hargraves came back. From, you know, he had the leg laceration, laceration get spiked. I guess it's like a, a an annual thing now that one of our cornerbacks gets spiked <laughs> and has to have stitches. It was Brent Grimes last year. And oh, speaking he was of back. Brett, he was back. Yeah, and Brett Grimes was uh, was out on Tuesday. And now Brent Grimes was out, yeah. Jake, coach just said banged up. Mm-hmm. So he didn't specify what it was. He'll miss a couple days. Could but, be could be you're a veteran. and Yeah, does it really matter if Brent Grimes misses a yeah. couple practices? However, however, if you're going to miss a practice, you miss the worst practice uh, on right. Tuesday. Right, it was beautiful today. Uh, we walked out there. I uh, punched up the weather app. Seventy-eight degrees when we started. When we ended two hours later, seventy-eight. Yeah, degrees. the clouds didn't burn off. Mm-mm. Yeah, usually you get that. Oh, it's nice, and then fifty mm. minutes later you're baking. You will never see that again. Yeah, the best day ever. Uh, speaking of those cornerbacks, now uh, because uh, Vernon has missed time and Brent Grimes is now missing time. To me, one of the biggest stories at camp so far is the two second-round cornerbacks, Carlton Davis and. MJ Stewart getting all kinds of reps and, and mm-hmm. reps with the first team and looking good, mm-hmm. looking real good. I saw Carlton Davis in a one-on-one with Deshaun Jackson. It was the very first snap of one-on-ones. And, you know, when you're covering Deshaun Jackson, the number one worry in your mind has to be the deep ball, right? I think I think it's like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first thing you think. Oh, okay. All right. The I... second thing is I better not get beat deep. And so you think the most effective – uh, route from him in, in those one-on-ones would be to fake going deep and then cut back hard. And that's exactly what he did. But And, and to MJ's credit, he stayed – I mean, Carlton's credit, he stayed yeah, with he it. He didn't bite. No, and he actually knocked the pass away. Now, is that because he's used to seeing him being with – with being out there? I don't know. With, I would, with Jackson? I, I, he hasn't had that watching much. Or looking at tape? Yeah, but, I mean, still, you got to imagine when he's lined up there, wouldn't you be wouldn't you be worried about getting beat deep? And if no I'm going to get beat, beat, I don't want to get beat deep. Correct. And so if he makes that quick cutback and you give up the 10-yard pass, you say – but I got to believe the coaches are even more happy that he was able to cover that all that way. And the beauty about that stuff is you know, once it gets on tape, then everybody gets to see it. You know, so what, what I mean by that is it's you, you see the young guy come in and you, you see it on tape and you go, oh, this is good. Mm-hmm. You know, we, it's a building block. Right. For oh, so they sit in the meetings yes, and they get they get uh, rewarded with the coach telling them how good they did and it builds right. their confidence. Right. Uh, another Carlton Davis versus. Deshaun Jackson moment that I'd like to share. It was it was very close to the end. It was in the last period, and Deshaun was cutting across the middle from right to left, and Carlton was covering him pretty well. And it's funny because you get to see when you're standing there on the sideline of practice, you get to see not only what happened, but sometimes the reactions by the players, which tell you a little bit more. And Carlton Davis made a great diving breakup of the pass in front of Deshaun, but Deshaun was 
mad, and he wasn't mad at anything Carlton Davis did. He was saying, you got to put that ball over the top. And then I'm reviewing that in my mind thinking, yeah, that's right. If that had been over the top, I don't know how Carlton would have gotten it, and then Deshaun would have been gone. And there's there's that typical, the play, who who made the mistake, and it's the toss of the ball rather yeah, than – Yeah, it wasn't the perfect throw. It, it wasn't the perfect throw. But Carlton, to his credit, was in a good enough position to break it up from there. Yeah, I'm very excited about our, our, our backfield. I, I'm, yeah. I really am. I, I'm – I think it's like, you know, you got to wait to see how it how it pans out. But well, it's it a, better be better than last year. Uh, yeah. 32nd in the yeah. league. And well, that wasn't all their fault. There was no pass rush. Correct. But correct. Uh, that was clearly a, you know, it, it's funny because they approached the defensive line mostly in free agency and then Vita Vey, of course. But mm-hmm. they loaded up on the D-line, which was a massive problem through free agency in players that would hopefully fix the problem right now. And that allowed them to go into the draft and address the secondary in the draft knowing or, or, you know, if everything works out, that they've solved the problem of the total lack of pass rush up front. So they have now they can give their, their players a little more time to grow and develop in the secondary. Yeah. And so it kind of makes sense to me that they did it in that order. Plus, what we're looking at, too, is uh, Tuesday was uh, second day of pads. So we, you've, seen a, you've seen a little running around in shorts, but mm-hmm. now we're actually seeing yeah, some – so almost. it's good to see the rookies show up while they're yeah. – We're seeing all – I want to say almost football. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think somebody said that today. Did they? One of the players. Really? Somebody like, this is real football now. So they're getting into it. Okay. All right, one more position before we move on. Yep. Uh, you know, we were talking about the cornerbacks now. How about the receivers? And I think this is an interesting position because <laughs> how many times have we been in training camp and it's the first week and some guy you'd barely heard of before has a great day and now you're talking, man, that guy has a shot. For and me, then, 28. <laughs> right. And then the next day – Somebody else you've barely heard of has a great and, – and so it's a week in a camp. You're like, oh, we've got 10, 10 receivers. How are we going to cut it down to five or six? We'll never be able to do it. And then you get to cut down, and you're having a hard time finding five guys that you like because those guys make a, a quick buzz, but they can't sustain it. Yeah, it doesn't take very long to go from wow to you suck. It's hard to do it several days in a row unless Correct. you're really, really talented. And, and I think that what we have now is a different situation. We're already excited. We already know what Mike is. Deshaun has looked great so far. Yep. Chris Godwin looks great every single time he steps on the field, and we're not exaggerating. I'm becoming, I, you know what? I become more and more impressed with him each practice. He never has a bad day. No, and that was true during the season last year. Whenever he had his shots, he never has a bad day. When he has his shots, and he's and bigger than I thought he was, and he's—I mean, he's—he's he's an all-around. One of his teammates was saying, I think it was Fitzpatrick was saying. He could go right now with, with with what he's shown us so far. He could play exactly like that and have a great ten year career in the NFL. But he's not going to be close to satisfied with that. He's going to get a lot better, and he's going to be a number one receiver in this league. That's a great player to say that about himself too. He's seen right. a lot. <laughs> yeah, he's seen a ton. Yeah. So you have Godwin, then you have Adam Humphreys, who coach said today was like nobody talks about him. He always just does the same thing and does it great. He's a great football player. He's kind of that way in the building too. Yeah, that's true. He's there, <laughs> but he's not. You know? Well, because what is there to say? This isn't a guy having up and down. This isn't a guy who's who's going to go from being your slot receiver to your number one receiver. This is a guy who's great at his job all the time, but what's more to say about it? And there's a guy, and as he's a perfect example of coming in, no one thinks highly that, oh, he's a definite lock and turns up to be a lock and then yeah. ends up being a part of the main uh, stable of the all receivers. Right, so we set our four main guys there that seem like a lock, and I personally think that Justin Watson would have to be disastrous as a fifth-round pick to not make it. Almost every fifth-round pick makes it, at least at the beginning. Jeremy McNichols was an exception last year, but you have to go back a long way to, like, wow. 2003. To Remember Larry Brackens? Yes. <laughs> the community <laughs> Only because co- you reminded me of Pearl him. River Community <laughs> College, fifth-round pick, wide receiver, maybe one of the craziest picks we've ever made. He didn't make it, um, but 
fifth round picks, and he's looked good. So mm-hmm. I think he makes it. So that's already five. Do you keep six because you have a lot of talent? And if so, who's the sixth guy? I'll just go ahead and answer the question first. I like Freddie Martino. I like everything he does for this team. Not only do I like him as a player, I like him as a person. Yeah, he's too. a good guy. Yeah. Humble. Very much so. And he's great on special teams, and that's always the – Which is going to be a whole new can of worms the way special teams are going to right. be this year. Right. We'll have to get to that at some point. Yeah. The kickoffs. The kickoffs. We yeah. saw him practicing that today. Mm-hmm. They have to because – It's totally different. It's totally different. Special teams, not the the fans or media or us really look at special teams, but this year spending more time looking at it just because it is all new. Yeah. And what I do in the broadcast, I have to help figure out what's actually going on there. Yeah, so I should, have to study it. We should probably tell everybody that you run the radio broadcast. I don't think we said that. Before. Well, yeah, I'm director of broadcast. Operations. Everybody knows me. I'm famous. Well, you are. You're. You're, you're, you're <laughs> it. I've seen you. People ask you for autographs for crying out loud. Yeah, that is rare. Yeah, and embarrassing. Um. All right. So you know, there's not a whole lot of new stuff. Correct. It's the first week of training camp, mm-hmm. and guys are practicing. Fortunately, we've had very few injuries, so that hasn't been an issue. What, what You know, what I wanted to touch about is it is the first week of, of um, training camp and first day of pads, and we already had our first fight. That's right. Well, we had a fight a couple days ago. Correct. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. And so... and so, um, Caleb Beninock was involved. Got kicked out. Got kicked out. Which made me flash back to <laughs> remember the training camps at UT. And that's UT. what we're going to do. Yes. Perfect yes. segue, Jeff. Thank Ryan. you very much. like you've much. been in this industry well, for I a while. I try real hard. I try real hard. So, yeah, we wanted to talk about what's going on. We're going to come back here in a minute, and we're going to talk about our memories of training camps at three different venues. Mm-hmm. And uh, so stick with us uh, and go down memory lane with us here in a minute. The Salty Dogs. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Salty Dog Podcast. I'm Scott Smith. I'm Jeff Ryan. And uh, as we mentioned up front, we've seen a few training camps. We have. This is my official 28th training camp. So we're going to do something. Is it? It's yes. my 27th. We're going to do something every week. I will week. always be one year ahead of you until <laughs> I'm not. That's the way it works. Uh, we're going to do something every week that we call Remember That Time. Mm-hmm. And usually we'll be in the season. We'll be about to play like the Eagles, and we'll do some game we remember from then. But right. since we're in training camp now, let's talk about training camps. Yeah. Remember that time, Jeff? Mm-hmm. I remember that time going to UT all the time. What struck me... Uncomfortable beds. Well, what, what was crazy is when players were coming in, it's nothing like it is today. They're not in a four- or five-star right. hotel. Uh, they were in a dorm, and guys would be walking with boxes of, uh, you'd see their blanket, you'd see their pillow, you'd see a black and white TV right. w- walking with them. 1995. Also a fan. Right. You know, a big big fan they Box would be fan. carrying. And then, of course, you always had to bring bug spray because you live mm. in Florida and dorms that are empty, and then all of a sudden. Doors are open. And what people have to uh, realize when the Buccaneers would do camp at uh, University of Tampa, it is nothing like the campus is today. Yeah, that's true. It's been widely built up, it's hasn't it? Crazy, crazy. It's beautiful over there, and it was. It, I always found it to be a fun experience. It was also uh, a time of two a days. You did right. your mornings, did your late afternoons. Um, in this day and age, can you imagine players walking across the street like they had to do at UT where they had to take Boulevard and stop it so the players could right. they had to have police stop traffic yeah, so they could right. players to get from it, the locker room into correct, the, to get the field, yeah. into the playing field. Yep. Which is and then And we had golf carts we drove around everywhere. I remember well, I took the golf cart for the video guys. Mm-hmm. And I found two trees that were almost that were close enough that you could barely get in there. And I took like half an hour, like backing it in, backing it in, yeah. so back and forth. And so in the end, it was left stuck there. there. 
perfect. It was a great, but they didn't like that that much. No, they the, took all the hubcaps. They out don't. Of my car. <laughs> there's a lot of that going on, which we will get into. <laughs> yeah, the to players somewhere. took that to a whole another level. Yes, yeah, and they have a whole lot more money to then. make your life miserable. <laughs> but then we go to um, D- uh, Disney. Yeah, two thousand two with John. Two thousand two, um, and uh, man, those well, you're talking about two a days. That was crazy. No, was it? Was it was O two. Was it the first year? Was it with um, yes. John? Yep. Really? Every year we were with John, we went to. We were Did from, we go in one No. It, it was. It, okay. The exact. I guess I should have looked this up before we started. <laughs> well, talking. I'm here for you. Oh, the thank exact you. Orlando period coincides exactly with the Gruden okay. coaching, to, 2002 to 2008. I loved going to Orlando. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And, and I think, as a lot of players have said in, in retrospect, it. And coaches, it's nice to get the team away, correct, and be very insular. But those were rough days for those guys, very much so, because they were still two a days, and they were rough two a days. Mm-hmm. They were two hours in, and Orlando, if anything, is more hot and humid than here, correct. And I, I remember it, from where we started as staff to get down to the field, the quickest way was to walk through the locker room, and there was a board posted there where everybody was supposed to, all the players were supposed to record their weights before and after each mm-hmm. practice. And I remember always being stunned, like some linemen would be. 285 pounds before the first practice and then 278 after the second one. And then he'd go back to his dorm room and drink a bunch of water and have lunch and he'd be back up to 283. And then after that second practice, he'd be down to 271. And then the next day, he's back to his normal weight. Can you imagine fluctuating rates six or seven pounds twice a day? No. No, but I wish I could, like, (laughs) drop and then not gain Well, fluctuate indicates it's going to go back up. But hydration is for everyone now. All right, now that we've had that uh, public service announcement about the importance of hydration – you know, one thing I also remember about those two days is there were a lot more injuries. Now there are people that Correct. say because they're not practicing as much, they're more susceptible to injuries. Mm-hmm. When, but I don't know, man. You got a lot of guys hurt. Do you remember in two thousand four, guys at Gruden's practice, if they weren't practicing, they if they could, they were supposed to be on the stationary bikes on the sideline. It was like we had the Tour de France out there. It was <laughs> like it was like twenty five guys on stationary bikes. That was between the the two fields. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm only exaggerating a little bit. No, not it would really. be crazy. It'd be right. twenty guys out of practice and fifty of them riding bikes, and it was just like it was a war of attrition. I think. I, was it riding the bikes is so if you kind of faked like you really didn't want to practice? Yeah, you're not getting out of work. <laughs> yeah, at the very least, yeah, it was probably that was probably the reason for that. Well, we do have a couple more weeks of training camp to go, so maybe we yes. shouldn't sell, sell all of our stories right here at the no, same time. No, and it's so, and this is just a prelude of what to expect. Yes. All right, so uh, let's take another quick little break here, and we'll be back with our very special guest, Ronnie Barber. The Salty Dogs. All right, we're back here on the Salty Dogs. Jeff, uh, we're not alone anymore, though. Thank God for that. (laughs) The entertainment value about to go through the roof here. We have a guest uh, that uh, Buck fans know very well, NFL fans know very well, the only 45, 25 man in league history, Rondé Barber. Rondé, thanks. What's up, guys? Salty Dogs. You're our first guest ever. Ah. So that's an honor probably parallel with, uh, like, Hall of Fame semifinalists, I would think, in your your career. (laughs) Right? It's right up I there. Would take, I would take being y'all's first guest over being in the whole Oh. <laughs> how about that? That's, that's how highly I think of you. So you're not thinking you're getting in or what? We gotta, <laughs> we need to we need to isolate that clip and put it into the intro now. That's it. There you go. Well, they told us, they said, we're, we're going we to do this every Wednesday. And they said, well, let's listen to the first one first. And then we can decide. There you go. <laughs> but hey, if Ronnie Barber if, says. If, be, if being on your show is a precursor to getting to the hall, then <laughs> you, should have, you should have a lot more important guests on than, than me. So. Oh, please. All right. Tell us what you're doing these days. Uh, you're still going to do our preseason games, right? 
Yes, I uh, I signed on for another four years doing your preseason. Wow, so nice. looking forward to that with Chris Myers. We'll both sign the same contract. So uh, that uh, continuity will still be the same. And uh, it gives me a great opportunity to be around, you know, team that I love. Obviously, grew up, uh, you know, grew into what I'm doing now as a broadcaster for Fox. You know, I started doing preseason games. My first ever broadcast was on a preseason game for the Bucks. And, yeah, that, uh, that that still means a lot to me. So, yeah, I'll still be doing that. Still be working Fox NFL on Sundays during season with uh, Kenny Albert, who's my uh, partner again this year uh, for the second year in a row. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Season can't get here soon enough. Summer's always long for me. Uh, I got girls, as you know, travel sports. And, you know, one's a junior in high school. Uh, and it's a lot of time with them, and I'm uh, I'm ready for football. <laughs> yeah, well, just so you, you never forget, because I'm never going to let you forget. Just tell everybody yeah. who gave you your first shot at broadcasting. <laughs> yes. You, you, not only did you give me my first shot at broadcasting, uh, you gave me my first shot at uh, on air in general on radio way back in the day. Right. So do you remember you, how uh, much, do you remember how much you, you got paid? I remember how much I got paid at the end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So do I, and that just ruined the budget. Uh, moving on, Scott. Well, and then in the, for Fox, you're gonna be working with Kenny Albert, right? Do you, yeah. Do you know yeah. how much? How much ahead of time do you know which games you're gonna get? Um. So the, the the we get the schedule obviously same time that you guys get it, and Fox, uh, you know, they'll break it up and they'll give us eight our first eight weeks. Um, uh, now basically right before the season starts, so we so we know our assignments for week. Uh, one through eight, I got Jacksonville at New York, and in week two, I'm actually home uh, for the Philly uh, uh, Philly game at, at Tampa. Oh, great! Um, um, so it, 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 to me, it's, it's a fast start. And those two games this year, uh, my sideline is actually my twin. So Tiki's going to work the first two games with Kenny and I as our sideline uh, 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 analyst. Um, so we're excited about it. Um, but after that, after the first eight weeks go by. Uh, about two weeks before week nine, they'll give us our next four games. In the last four games of the season, or five games of the season, are kind of a kind of a you don't really know until two weeks out uh, what you're doing, and that's based on how the crews are doing and how the season's going for particular teams or whatnot. Uh, so it's uh, the end of the season gets a little hairy, but you know we, we know what we're doing to start and uh, can't wait. Like I said, yeah. um, two good games for me. To yeah, start the sounds like a great way to start, Ronnie. We've been talking about training camp a lot in this uh, first Salty Dogs podcast, and Jeff, Jeff, why don't you tell him because you thought it up the the interesting note you came up with about Ronnie training. Yeah, camp. well, we were talking about training camp, and the thing is, there's only one player in Buck history that has been through three out of the four locations because right. as we were doing it, you did training camp at UT, uh, yeah, Disney. And then here at One Buck, uh, and previously before that, uh, for those who don't know, it was held at Old One Buck right. uh, in the 70s until... It like, was like a Hall of Fame hotel yes, right the there. Hall, yeah. <laughs> nice. uh, it's like, it's where International Mall was. That, that used to be the Hall of Fame golf course across the street yep. from there yeah. was One Buck. And then on the corner where that huge international yeah. building is, was the, was the motel. So you're the only guy that's done all three. Which one was which one was best? Which did you enjoy? Most? Um, I enjoyed being home. I'm not oh, gonna lie. I okay. like when we came back to uh, to Tampa. But I, I when we did those those years at uh, at Wide World of Sports and you know staying in celebration, I I liked the the, the atmosphere getting away a little yeah. bit, and you know it gave me opportunity to team build really mm-hmm. and not be able to get back home, which I think there's something to that. Um, um, and you know, Disney was great to us. 
uh, as you guys know, we had a we had a great little setup in, sure. in celebration yeah. uh, that uh, you know was a little bit beyond football. Um, but you know, they, they they were all good. I, I know uh, uh, UT, my very first training camp. It was it wasn't a very successful training camp for me. I remember, <laughs> I remember being intimidated and feeling like I was out of shape and didn't belong. But um, uh, it, it'll still have a special memory. To, I mean, I, I was with Work Done and Real Anthony. I mean, those. We, we, I bonded relationships that I still have. Apparently, with my very first training camp. So. Apparently, it was a good training camp. You didn't get cut. <laughs> I think. I think uh, my draft status prevented me from getting cut, even though I didn't. I, would, it, I didn't. I didn't play. You remember Jeff? I, I was, you played play the Arizona. I was, game. I was not the player that I ended up being. Right. That's true. But you camp. were. You were getting there by the playoffs. Because it was, I was, yeah. Because was. it was weird to have a guy that played one game in the regular season, and then all of a sudden he's your. Were you the nickel when we got to the playoffs? Yes. Yeah, yes, I was. I uh, uh, we played Detroit at home the first game of the playoffs, and I I didn't play. I didn't dress. Uh, and then I was the starting nickel the second game of that year against uh, Green Bay at Green Bay. Yeah. Uh, so as you as you remember, Jeff only played one game that year yeah. in Arizona. Yeah, uh, during the regular season, so it was, it was it was big for me. It actually catapulted me into into yeah. 1998. I think that's huge for you. Is that is, or for anybody? It's not how you come in; it's how long you get to stay. So it doesn't matter yeah. where you get drafted. So uh, apparently, it worked out quite nicely. You didn't you didn't peak early, as they say. No, I did not. I did not. Uh, I did not come out hot. As they said, <laughs> I started slow but finished fast. And that's you know that's what matters. Um, I think that's uh, you know when you when you look at. Um, rookies and I'm, you know, been watching practice film and watching some of them get off the fast starts and some of them get off the slow starts. I mean, it, it's really, it really doesn't matter at this point. I mean, I think uh, as long as you're finding ways to get better every single day, whether you're starting fast or starting slow, you know, you give yourself a chance. And I, I, I'm a, I'm a great example of that. Were you talking about watching film of our guys? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. let me ask you about a guy who seems to have had a good start and he plays your position, MJ Stewart. Yeah, you know MJ is him? looking good. I mean, he's getting an opportunity. I've I watched uh, practice uh, yes from yesterday. I haven't watched today's practice yet, um, uh, which would be the thirtieth, I guess. Yeah, um, we didn't practice today. Uh, so but he's getting a chance to play because Vernon was out with that leg injury, I guess. And yeah, he for for a guy that they're asking him to do a lot, he seems to be on top of it already. And you know, his physical skills are there. I mean, you just look at his body type. I met him uh, when I was in the building right after he got drafted. Um, so you know he's sturdy enough to play the position. I I didn't watch a lot of him in college. Actually, none of him in college. So I, I didn't know what his movement was like for a guy that was built like that. But he, he can move. He's got great lateral quickness. He's good with his hands at the line of scrimmage. Um, and he seems willing. Um, I think a lot of guys get lost when they're young, just swimming in the information that's presented to yeah. them. But he looks good. He seems to just fit in pretty nicely. Um, you know, him and Carlton Davis. I mean, Carlton looks long as anything on the line of scrimmage so uh, we got better in the secondary I think that's it's important you know if you want to get um, negative responses on Twitter say something like this uh, Vernon Hargraves is working both inside and outside with the possibility <laughs> of maybe doing that Rondé Barber type of role and yeah. people people then immediately fire back at me repeatedly this isn't Rondé Barber I'm like no I just mean the Rondé Barber role we all know what that is it's like but if you listen to what Rondé said he wasn't the number 20 that we all know and love in the beginning well that's true right no How no many? it was it was what? by year 2 or 3 that, that that really started to 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 emerge and yeah you know, people don't remember who Anthony Parker was around here but Anthony was that role 
before I was that role. He started at right corner and then went inside. Oh. You know, Floyd Young was the right corner at, 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 early in my career, and then Anthony got home. And so I had found his role and, you know, kind of made it my own, really kind of made it my own across the league. And then you know, the, the, nowadays um, the nickelback position is very specialized. Uh, you know, there's, there's teams that consider their nickel their 12th, their 12th starter. Um, so they're, they're asking a lot of Vernon, uh, obviously. He's going to play outside corner, which I think he can do. And I think he's spent some time getting better at that. But watching the few games that he played inside last year, I think he has a chance to thrive in there just because of his movement skills. Um, you know, he's going to have to show the want to and the willingness to, you know, put his face on people and make tackles and do all that stuff. Um, but uh, his coverage ability inside, I think, is, is going to be an asset. Um, and like I said, like you said, it's it's not an, it's not an easy thing to be able to play outside and inside. I right. was fortunate that um, I started playing nickel and then moved outside. I was I was the opposite oh, okay. than Vernon. Vernon started outside and moved inside. I learned my trade playing inside, and that's why I was so good at it. And then when I got the opportunity to play outside, that, uh, you know, I also made that yeah, that worked you know, out well, made that it? my own too. <laughs> well, we don't want to keep you too much longer, but I want to ask you one more thing. I, I don't you don't strike me as the kind of guy who says ah these kids today they got it so easy in the league, right? I I don't think you're that type of guy. But no, we have to. You, it, it's just a fact that training camp is easier now than it used to be, isn't it? Unbelievably, unbelievably so. Um, you know the fact that they don't, they don't. You know they have restrictions on pads makes it easier. You know the number of hours uh, that the league allows you to, to 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 be on the field makes it easier. You know, but it's it, it, you know it, there's there's equity in it because everybody's having to do the same thing now. Um, you know, and you know they still they still work. Um, oh yeah. Uh, the, the game has has changed obviously because of player safety concerns. Um, you know, I'm at my seminar here in, in Southern California, and you know, we spent an hour and a half talking about player safety and how to cover player safety. And like a lot of the rule changes that are going on in the league are with the mind on player safety. Um, so it, it's just a reality of the league now. It's not the same league that it was in 1997 when I when I came in. Um, I mean, in we can harken back to those times and say, oh, training camp was this when I was doing it. But reality is it will never be that way again. Right. The, the league has changed. And when you were a veteran player, you sure loved the way it is now. Absolutely. I think I'd still be playing if I was. <laughs> we were talking earlier about <laughs> We were talking earlier about how in the locker room at, uh, at uh, Disney, you'd walk through the locker room, so even a staff would to get to the field. And I always looked at that chart where you guys put in your weights before and after each of those yeah, two-day yeah, practices. Yeah. And it used to stun me how guys would lose like eight pounds twice in the same day. And not an uh, alignment necessarily. Yeah. Do you, do you remember doing that? I used to lose 13 to 15 every single day. That is crazy. Uh, and then go back out and do it again, yep. you know, in the afternoon. So, yeah, it was, uh, it, it's, a, it's a different time for sure. It's it, it's good it's good for the for the long term health of the of yeah. the players and probably the league. Well, Ryan, I'm gonna um, go from here and update your Wikipedia page so it, it notes that you're the first ever guest on right. the Salty ah, Dogs podcast because that's a big deal. Salty Dog and, and, inaugural <laughs> guest. And here's and here's my concern: there only could be one podcast of the Salty Dogs. <laughs> well, then you'll be the only one. <laughs> yeah. You'll be even more so exclusive on it. We're going with that right now. <laughs> But if there's only one, I'm glad that I am the one. Well, thank you. We really do thank you for your time, um, and we look forward to seeing you in the preseason and then for that Philadelphia game. Yeah, we'll, see you, we'll see you next week, RB. If you don't yep. get, get out here, we'll see you next week in Miami. I'll, I'll see you soon, buddy. Thanks, right, buddy. Thanks. Thanks, guys. The Salty Dogs.
All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Salty Dogs podcast. I'm Scott Smith. And I am still Jeff Ryan. Yeah, we've, we've kind of hammered that home. Well, already. you know, it's the beginning. <laughs> um, we are going to finish every one of our podcasts, uh, God willing, with questions from you. Now, obviously, since this is our first one, mm-hmm. uh, nobody could have sent any questions. Correct. In, right, unless they traveled in time. Right. Um, you can send questions into us at saltydogs at buccaneers.nfl.com. We have those like three-stage email addresses here. Ah. Just remember that it's Buccaneers with two C's and two E's, but only one N, .nfl.com. Salty dogs. One word. At Buccaneers.nfl. <laughs> That's how the emails work, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, you can send us questions on Twitter if you want to with the hashtag Salty Dogs, but, you know, your best bet is to use email because then you can get as fun as you want. You can write it as long as you want to and have a good time with it. And you'll see, I asked a couple people that I know that know the Buccaneers well, and um, I think our witty and sharp, and so I thought they'd have some good questions for okay. us. So like, I, we're not going to read you any fake questions during these, but I will admit that these were these guys were sort of planted. Sure, they sent them. Yeah, they were in the know. <laughs> so this first one is from Andrew Norton, who's a former Buck employee. Oh yeah, uh, social proud media father. Guy. Yeah, that's right, and uh, and he knows what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, "Hey Scott and Jr. So between the two of you, I assume there is give or take 160 years of Buccaneers experience." <laughs> Let's just stop right there. All right, actually, that's that's that's, that's fair. That's very fair. <laughs> In that time, I'm sure you've gathered your fair share of memorable moments and interesting stories on and off the field. Besides winning the Super Bowl, what would you say is your favorite memory working for the team? And how about the craziest story? You know what? You know what was crazy? That plane trip back from St. Louis in like 2004, right? Where, where it we felt dropped. like it was falling out of the sky, and everybody screamed. Yeah. And players were screaming with their high voices, and that was crazy. That's very crazy. But we're alive, so you know that the plane didn't crash. Where I remember looking over and seeing one of my uh, coworkers, and I looked over and I thought, dang, that's the last thing I'm going to see before this is over with. <laughs> and it wasn't your and wife no, and your wife. No, about. right, exactly. Um, wow, that's that's actually a really good question. You want me to jump in? You think yeah, you it? go ahead and do yours. Uh, you know, I remember, we're talking about crazy stuff. I remember um, Sam Weich <laughs> yelling at a reporter on the back porch. And the reporter was taped. I won't say the names, so other than Sam White, I won't say the reporter's name. The reporter was taping him, and Sam wanted to yell at him without being taped, but he the reporter wouldn't turn off his tape recorder, so Sam mouthed what he was yelling at him the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> he got his point across. If, if we're gonna if we're gonna stay in the vein of press conferences, then we have to go to Phoenix, oh, where uh, it was the last game of the year. And uh, where the media had to meet, well, people, what you have to kind of visualize is underneath the tunnel of stadiums, especially in Arizona, it was the old stadium, was where the Aztecs still plays. That who, mm-hmm. who plays? Sun Devils. Sun, Sun Devils, Devils play there. And Not the the uh, Sun Devils. Yeah, and so it's very cramped. It's very crowded, and they had a riser, which was the highest good, riser you've ever seen. Good two feet at, at least. least. Yeah. And so it gets very crowded and people are jockeying and you have cameras and you have this and that. And John Gruden is standing there holding this press conference and two media members were jockeying for a position and got into a fight. And as they started to fight, they fell off the, the, the riser. You hear this boom, boom, boom. And uh, John Gruden doesn't miss a beat. He just turns around and looks over there. You guys all right down there? You guys all right down there? Yeah, he turns over his right shoulder. Yeah, and and I uh, and the, what made me laugh about that is we were on the air live and we had a microphone <laughs> down there, and all we heard was a 
<laughs> and then John saying, "Are you all right down there?" That so was crazy. That was that was one. usually they're pretty civilized in those scrums. But yes. every now and then yeah. people get a little. Desperate. Yeah, I thought that was the craziest. There's other stories sure. that I that I have, but I'm going to save them when we play against that team. All right, that's good. But just it was like a two part thing. So one was a favorite memory, just real quick. I mean, I got to go with the Ronnie Barber interception. I know I'm not kowtowing to him because we're he was on the show today, but that's the best play I've ever seen. Most that, important. That is in Philly. That is the best play I've ever seen. And that play on a personal note. We are playing Philly. If you want to think about it, we can yeah, talk it about it. Has it has to be for Philly. Yeah, okay. it has to be for Philly. Yeah, there's a bunch more. There's a lot more. Let's get to that um as we get to different games. Sure. Just one more question then, because he was kind enough to send it in. David Harrison, he writes for Bucks Nation. Okay. Um and uh, he's he's been covering us on various blogs for a while. He has his own podcast called Lockdown Bucks, and his Twitter is at dh82 underscore bucks. Uh, he sent us a number of questions, but the one I wanted to do was, which offensive and defensive player could switch sides of the ball and still be an NFL-caliber player? My immediate one, Warren Sapp. Tight end, punter. Okay. And I didn't know you were going to go old school with this, but that's good. No, it's good. And, and it is a good answer. And the reason why I thought of that is – he did it. He he did it, and he was actually listed on a flip chart. <laughs> and you, if you go back into, like, 95, in a preseason game, he was listed as the third punter. Gotcha. So, but, wow. and he, well, could, he, did that in and he could do it, too. Yeah. Yes. Well, I'll go with a, a, a normal guy. I mean, a current guy, Brent Grimes. He's just he's oh. so ridiculously athletic yeah. that I think, you know, you see him do, th- like, he'll be on a practice field doing, like, hacky sack, you know, soccer ball keeping up with a football. I mean, I just think he's one of these guys who's just a crazy athlete who could probably do whatever he tries. Correct. And and if he if he could just learn to run routes, he'd be a pretty decent receiver. And, and you know what's amazing? He can jump a mile. Yeah, and he's one of the funniest guys around. <laughs> you gotta gotta get to know him first. You so. gotta get to know him in uh, um, in total uh, Bucks Total Access Radio Show last year. He was a guest, and uh, I it was good. It was good, and I got to know him, and it's he's a very funny man. I can't say I've really had any long conversations, so I'm envious. His, the, I actually, my best takeaway from him was he said that as a kid, you always went out to play. You know, you always yeah. played. I remember you telling me this. Right? And as an adult, every day he spends, he finds some time to go play. I guess that's why. Whether, he's- whether Why he's still so young, right? Yeah, and I thought about it, and it's said whether it's basketball, whether it's a video game, he always takes some time in his day to play. So Well, there you go. I think you've been the Mr. Public Service Announcement in this one, Jeff. Well, no. Get well, out and play, everyone. Well, this is, hydrated. just so you know, this is, you know, as much stuff that I have to do before, nine <laughs> days before a game, I am playing right now. No, this is your playtime. Yeah, this is my right, playtime. Excellent. Well, I hope everybody else has enjoyed it, too. That's been our first ever episode of the Salty Dogs. Join us every week as we talk about what's going on now and what's going on in the past in Buccaneer history. Look forward to next week.